the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. But listen. Even when you don't always understand God's ways, Lord, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Your stability is found in what you do understand about him, not what you don't understand. God is mysterious. I can't put him in a little box. I can't figure him out. God doesn't want us to figure him out. If we could figure him out, then we wouldn't uh, be mere mortal people. But listen, he is eternal. He existed before your problems, and he will exist long after your problems. He is from everlasting. He is the great I am, and he will continue to exist. He is holy, and he never does anything wrong. Even though you may have a struggle with what he's doing, he never does anything wrong, even if you can't understand what he's doing. The prophet Habakkuk did not understand God's answer to his prayers. Habakkuk had been asking God for the same thing many of us have been asking for, revival in our land. Habakkuk had a burden for his fellow Jews. How long, he asked God, will you continue to allow sin and injustice to rule my people? Those are not his exact words, but they express the cry of his heart in the first few verses of his book. When God replied that he would answer Habakkuk by destroying Judah by means of what he termed a bitter and hasty nation, you can understand why Habakkuk was dismayed. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the year taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today on Verse by Verse, we will hear the conclusion of Pastor Steve's first sermon in this series on the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk just wanted his people cleaned up, not killed or led away into captivity. You could say he jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire. So let's continue our study now and see how he responded to the bitter medicine God was about to give his people. Now Habakkuk has complained to God that, Lord, you're not doing anything. And God's answer is, is this, far from being a spectator, Habakkuk, far from being a spectator of Israel's sin, I'm very active. I am doing something. I'm choosing out a, a nation from amongst all the nations of the world, and they're going to be my special instruments in judging the people you've been praying that I would judge. Who are the Chaldeans? It's best to think of them as the Babylonians. That's just another name. They were a Semitic people who settled in an area known as Babylon. And so they were called the Babylonians. And in the days of Habakkuk, God had raised up the Babylonians to be the great world empire in the Middle East. Before them came the Assyrians. But recently in history, in this time, in time frame, they had recently destroyed the great Assyrian empire and they had taken over the rulership of the biblical world of the Middle East, at least what we call the Middle East today. They would call it the Fertile Crescent back then. In fact, they probably would call it that today, too. And uh, they were well known for their cruelty, their wickedness. They had a well-deserved reputation. For, for horrible things, for violence, and they terrified nations as they conquered them. 
some people in the ancient world did not do that. The Persians, by the way, who came uh, later after them, the Persians were, were uh, different than the Babylonians and the Assyrians. The Persians were rather kind. The Assyrians were horrible. The Assyrians, and I take it that the Babylonians are very similar to them, the Assyrians would actually, if they captured you, they'd strip you naked and they'd put one hook through your nose and another hook through the person's buttocks in front of you and they'd march you naked 600 miles back to their land. You understand why Jonah now had a problem in going to Nineveh. That was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. He didn't want to preach repentance to them. He wanted judgment. You understand that? The Babylonians came like that. In fact, in verses 6 through 11, God uh, describes the Babylonians and what Judah could expect when judgment comes. Let me just go through it very quickly. In verse 6, he says they're fierce. That means they're ruthless. They're impetuous. Uh, They seize other people's possessions and they don't care about anybody else. In verse 7, he says they're dreaded. They're feared. They are a law unto themselves. You don't say, look, the uh, international law says that they don't care about international law. You don't say, you know, in Geneva, we have this convention and we all agree. They don't care what anybody agreed. They are a law to themselves. In verse eight, he speaks of tremendous speed of their conquest. They devoured. They literally devoured. In verse nine, he says that they're all coming, which means that the whole military, all the military is coming. They're violent. Their entire military force. There was no hope of stopping them. When when Habakkuk heard this. He knew that that uh, what was coming ahead, there was no way that Judah would stop them. No way. In verse 10, he says they mock at kings. That's that's absolutely true. You know what they did to King Zedekiah? When Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of the Babylonians, marched in in second Kings 25, six and seven, they they chased down King Zedekiah of Judah and they brought all of his sons before him. And they said, look at your sons. This is what they did. This is history. This is in the Bible. Look at your sons. And they killed each of his sons in front of his eyes. And then they plucked out his eyes. So that's the last visual thing he would have in his memory. And they marched them off to Babylon. They were wicked. They were cruel. They laughed at kings. They didn't care about kings. They laughed at every fortress, it says. They laughed at every fortress. Why? You know what they did when they would come up against a walled city? They would just take mounds of dirt and put it on the ground and they would climb up that wall. They they just they don't care about any wall city. They were smart enough to try to go through. They just climb over. In verse 11, it says that they they uh, they praise their own strength as the source of their victories. In other words, even though God was using them, they thought that their God was their own physical power. They didn't acknowledge God. Well, this was God's answer to Habakkuk's problem. Great, right? Say the cure was worse than the disease. Who needs it? This isn't what Habakkuk wanted. In fact, it made things only worse. Now Habakkuk's got a bigger problem. I mean, he had a problem to begin with. Now he's got a colossal problem. And you know what his problem is? First, he had a problem over the silence and inactivity of God. Now he has a problem over the ways of God. God has now spoken. And now God says, this is what I'm doing, Habakkuk. I am working on the world scene and I've not been silent and I've not been inactive. But Habakkuk is stunned. 
He is literally stunned by God's answer. And you would be, too. I would be. If you had been praying for God to deal with sin in your church or in America, and God said, okay, I'm going to send a wicked, atheistic, communist country to take over your lands and persecute Christians. That could very well happen. I don't know that it will. I don't know that it won't. It could happen. You say, no, I'll never. We're the fair children. We're on God's team. Well, so was Judah. And it happened to them. I think we would do exactly what Habakkuk did. You know what this prophet did? And this is this is a very important point when you are struggling with something you can't figure out. He clung to what he did understand about God. In other words, rather than focusing on what he didn't understand first. He reassured his his soul on what he did understand. He grasped a hold of his theological foundations for some stability. Look at verse 12. Art thou not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we will not die. Thou, O Lord, hast appointed them to judge. And thou, O Rock, hast established them to correct. You know what he's doing? He is affirming that God is eternal and that God is holy. That's basically what he's doing. He's saying, in essence, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I do understand that you are eternal. You are you have been before my problems and you will exist long after my problems. And I understand that you are holy. That is to say that you will never do anything wrong, even if I can't figure out what you're doing. And even if I have some struggles with what you are doing, I know that you're holy. And therefore, that's why he says, I know we won't die. Israel could not die. Israel could not be destroyed. Totally. They may be judged. They will be corrected, but they will not be destroyed. Why? Because since he is an eternal God, he has an eternal covenant with Israel. He's promised to make them a great nation. He's promised to bring the Messiah through them. He's problem. He's promised to return them to his land for the kingdom. So Habakkuk says, I know that you're eternal and I know you're holy. And I know because of that, that we will not die. I know that you're only sending them to correct us. What is he doing? He is simply affirming what he does know. Listen, when you are agonizing with doubts and struggles and theological problems, it is so important that you review in your mind what you know for certain about God before you struggle with what you don't know. Do you understand that? That's so important. Return to the things that don't trouble you, the things that you are are sure of. In other words, reassure your soul. Before taking your anxiety to the Lord, you may not figure out why God hasn't answered your prayer on something. But you do know that he's eternal and you do know that he loves you, don't you? And you do know that he's holy. So no matter what else happens, you know, that's for sure. And that's so helpful. And this is what Habakkuk did. He reminded himself of the truths about God's character that he never doubted. And from these theological certainties, he brought his second problem to God. His first problem was God's silence and inactivity. His second problem was God's answer and activity. Do you understand? I mean, he had a problem before, but now now he's got a bigger problem. He's probably thinking, why did I ever open my mouth? Life was a lot easier before I heard what God was doing. And here's his his second complaint or struggle with God. Verses 13 through 17. Thine eyes are too pure to approve evil. And thou canst not, canst not look on wickedness with favor. Why dost thou look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why art thou silent when the wicked swallowed up, when the wicked are swallowed up? 
when they swallow up those more righteous than they. Why hast thou made men like fish of the sea, like creeping things, which uh, without a ruler over them? The Chaldeans bring all of them up with a hook. They drag them away with their net and gather them before in their fishing net. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they offer a sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their fishing net. No, he's saying they're pagans because through these things, their catch is large and their food is plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slay nations without sparing? How long is this going to go on? They're wicked pagans. You know what the essence of Habakkuk's struggle is? Let me paraphrase it for you. Lord, we're wicked. No question about it. But we're not as wicked as the Babylonians. I mean, we're bad, but we're not that bad. How can you as a holy God who can't even look upon sin with favor, use such a sinful nation to accomplish your holy purposes? And he's got a problem and he's got a good point in a sense. It's a very good point. Remember, he's not read the New Testament. He doesn't know Romans 828. He doesn't understand systematic theology 101. He's just a, a prophet in Judah who knows what he knows, that God is holy that his people are wicked, and he knows that the Babylonians are far more wicked in terms of, of outward behavior than Judah is, and he can't understand that, that God would use them. I mean, why not, why not uh, use Judah to punish Babylon? Why use Babylon to punish Judah? He's got a problem. You see the prophet's point? Babylon was far more wicked than Judah, yet instead of punishing Babylon, Habakkuk is told that Babylon's going to be used to punish Judah. And from his standpoint, it seems like a perversion of justice. And he says in verse 13, if you're too holy to look even upon evil with favor, then why do you allow the Babylonians to prosper? I mean, you've asked that. I've asked that. Lord, how come the wicked prosper? I mean, I know godly missionaries who who can hardly afford to. In fact, they can't afford to buy any new clothes. They get these horrible clothes from something called a missionary barrel. Why, God? I don't understand. Yet this this man who's wicked, perverted and and doesn't care one iota about you. He's raking in the money. Why? I've wondered that Habakkuk's confused. He's wrestling with what he knows about God's holiness and the ways of God that don't appear right to him. He knows God's right, but he can't reconcile something. But let's bring this up to date. Because it's a very relevant problem for Christians in every age. We struggle with the ways of God. During the 1930s, England was in a spiritually low state. Many godly believers were crying out to God and they said, how long, Lord, before you judge our nation? And God did that. God answered their prayers by sending godless Nazi Germany to bomb their cities. But you know what the response of many Britons was? Their response was uh, that they had a real problem with the way God had done it. They had prayed for God to do something, and when he did it, they had a real problem with it. And Jason Lowe Baxter brings that out, who is uh, an Englishman, brings that out in his book, dealing with this very issue. And it could happen to America, as we said. And some of us would have a real problem. Lord, send revival, deal with judgment, deal with America, but don't do it that way. Don't do it my way, so it doesn't hurt. And what can we learn from Habakkuk's struggle? Listen, maybe your problems are not on the international scene. So let's bring it closer to home. Maybe you struggle with God's ways because of a a ruthless, wicked man has ripped you off financially. You don't understand that. And it looks like he's getting away with it and you're suffering. But he looks like he's getting away with it. 
Or maybe you've prayed for God to deal with your family, uh, but you don't like the answer. You don't like that. God's doing something. It's just not what you wanted. Or, or maybe you have endured so much physical, emotional or financial pain while your unsaved neighbor, friends and, and perhaps relative just goes on his merry way without any problems that you could see without any headaches. And why, God? Listen, I've looked around and I'll just open my heart to you. I've looked around and I, I see other organizations, some godly and some ungodly. And I see, Lord, they are bringing in so much money. We've got a debt here and we are struggling to pay. And God, you know that, that we want to be men and women of integrity. You know that we're desperately trying to do what's right. How come? How come we have to struggle like this? And I remember one afternoon getting so frustrated that I just had to get out of my office and say, Lord, what do I have to do? Do I have to be like one of these leaders who writes uh, uh, letters to everybody pleading for money and putting guilt trips on them? Because from my standpoint, Lord, that looks like the only way money comes in. They don't have a problem with money. I want you to know I've struggled. I've struggled in that area. Or, Lord, how come you're so hard on me and disciplined? But I look at other Christians and they're getting away with worse things and you don't seem to discipline them. Having laid his problem out before the Lord, I want you to just look at chapter two, verse one. He says this, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will watch to see what God will speak to me. Let's just stop there. Habakkuk says, Lord, having laid it out before you, I laid out everything. Now I'm going to wait for your reply. And you'll have to wait, too. That's next week's message. You have to wait, too. However, until that time, what encouraging things can we grab hold of? What principles? First of all, God is active and he's interested in your problems. He is interested in your life, your struggles, even when he appears to be indifferent. He is not indifferent. Habakkuk said, God, it doesn't look like you're interested in us. God was saying, in essence, Habakkuk, what are you talking about? I've been changing the course of world events because I am interested. You just don't know it. And God is so interested in you, my friends. You, not not just this church, you individually, that he would actually change the course of human events to minister to you. That's right. His silence in answering your prayers doesn't mean he's not at work behind the scenes. You don't have to hear him to know that he's at work. Secondly, his answers to our prayers aren't always the ones that we want. I've had the Lord answer my prayers many, many, many times, and it's not always what I want, but it's what I need. But listen, even when you don't always understand God's ways, Lord, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Your stability is found in what you do understand about him, not what you don't understand. God is mysterious. I can't put him in a little box. I can't figure him out. God doesn't want us to figure him out. If we could figure him out, then we wouldn't uh, be mere mortal people. But listen, he is eternal. He existed before your problems and he will exist long after your problems. He is from everlasting. He is the great I am and he will continue to exist. He is holy and he never does anything wrong. Even though you may have a struggle with what he's doing, he never does anything wrong. Even if you can't understand what he's doing. So Habakkuk has a struggle 
God's not going to leave him there. Habakkuk says, I'm leaving the problems with you, God. And now I'm, in a sense, folding my hands and say and saying, so tell me what I need to hear. And we're going to hear that, Lord willing, next week. But I just want your own hearts to be encouraged. It's all right to doubt. It's all right to struggle, as long as it's a struggle of faith, as long as you look to the Lord, as long as you don't abandon your confidence in his word. But he's active. He, he's answering your prayers, even if you can't see it. And you reassure your heart. What do you know about God? Not what you don't know about it. What do you know about him? He loves you. He cares about you. He changed this whole world just to meet his child's needs. Let's bow for prayer. I wonder if you're struggling. Oh, you, I'm, I'm sure so many are. Something that you, you just can't figure out. Maybe someone has taken advantage of you financially, some other way. Maybe you're struggling with someone in your, in your family. Oh, it's a, it's a difficult problem. You don't understand. God, it seems like the heavens are silent. God says it only seems that way. I'm really working it all out. Trust me. What do you know about God? What do you know for sure about him? That's what you need to focus on. My friend, be honest with God. Share with him your burdens. Don't don't leave here and uh, not have this transparency. I'm not saying take out all the the dirty spiritual laundry for everybody to see, but I am saying take it out for God to see because he sees it already. Be honest with him. Don't try to impress people. Don't try to impress God. You cannot impress God. He knows you, and he loves you even though he does know you. He knows all about you. He knows your wickedness. He knows your craftiness. He knows your sneakiness. He knows everything about me like that. And the amazing thing is, with all of those sins and peculiarities and idiosyncrasies, he says, I still love you. I'm interested. To take it to the Lord. If you've never trusted Christ, you have a bigger problem than Habakkuk. Your problem is forgiveness of sin. And the solution, and you don't have to wait till next week on this solution. The solution is Jesus Christ, because he died for your sin. He paid the price for all of your sins. And all you need to do is is repent. That is change your mind about your sin and come in faith, trusting him and his death for you. That's salvation. And that's open at any time. We'd be happy to help you if you have questions about that. Father, thank you for this marvelous study. Thank you for your word, so enriching to us. And Lord, may, may you drive home the truths that were brought out this morning from the word of God. Drive it home to us and apply it so that we might be as honest as Habakkuk, that we might understand your ways, that we might reassure our own souls that you are interested and reassure our souls that, that you are holy, you are eternal, you do love us. We do know the Bible is your word. And no matter what our doubts are, our hearts are comforted, comforted by what we do know. So, Father, we pray that you help us to learn from this and see us through so that this book, which starts with, as someone said, with a sob and ends with a song, will be that for us as well. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. The late Adrian Rogers said that God will not help us to understand the things that mystify us about him and his word until we act on what we already do understand. 
On our next Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue in our study of the lessons God taught to the prophet Habakkuk. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 28 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These radio adaptations of his messages are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by our listeners. Our web address is versebyverseradio.org. This is a great place to visit if you missed part of today's class or want to make up a previous class. We have hundreds of audio files in our archives. We also have information you can use if you would like to become part of our support team. We are grateful for the people who pray and give so that we can keep these classes on the air. That's versebyverseradio.org. To hear this entire message, call us at 727-239-0306 and order a CD or cassette. J.K. Chesterton, in his book, Why Christians Sin, related a tale about a town that had historically been dry. But then a local businessman decided to build a tavern. A group of Christians from a local church were concerned and planned an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to intervene. It just so happened that shortly thereafter, lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. The owner of the bar sued the church, claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible. But the church hired a lawyer to argue in court that they were not responsible. The presiding judge, after his initial review of the case, stated that, No matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer, and the Christians do not. When we ask God to do something about our sinful society, we need to be prepared for the results. Habakkuk was not very pleased with God's... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.